Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This week, more on Narasabasit and Damasduit. When remains of these two Beothic people leave a Scottish museum, where they've been held for nearly 200 years, where will they go? There are signs that their final resting place might be just another museum, the rooms in St. John's. But people in central Newfoundland, traditional Beothic territory, say they should be returned to their homeland on the shores of Red Indian Lake, and laid to rest in a way that respects their tradition. They had a meeting in Millertown last week with local politicians in attendance to press their point. We'll hear from Millertown Mayor Fiona Humber later in the program. But first, Halibu Mining and Mi'kmaq Land Rights. Early last month, there was a public event in Glenwood in central Newfoundland regarding the reopening of a mine that had shut down six years ago. The Beaverbrook Mine produces antimony, used in the production of batteries, bullets, glass, pottery, and cosmetics. For the provincial liberals trying to get re-elected, photo ops like that are as good as gold. Premier Dwight Ball was there, along with provincial officials, Chinese investors, and the mayor of Glenwood. Now, Glenwood is one of the 60-some communities recognized in the Halibut Agreement as Mi'kmaq Communities. And Glenwood is also the name of one of the Halibut wards. But there was no one from Halibut at the event. They didn't even know the event was taking place. In fact, Halibut didn't even know the mine was reopening. Now, people in the area are happy to have 100 new jobs. But the neglect of Halibut is part of a pattern of behavior by the provincial government, which doesn't seem to understand indigenous rights. The province seems to think Halibut is just another stakeholder group, like the Chamber of Commerce. And Halibut seems to be okay with that. There has been no public comment from Halibut about having been left out of the Glenwood event. This is all the more troubling because there are a number of mining developments and expansions in the works on traditional Mi'kmaq territory in Newfoundland, on the Beaver Peninsula and elsewhere. Anaconda, Rambler, Marathon, these companies are expanding operations and developing new ones. Yes, Newfoundland needs the jobs, but indigenous peoples all over the planet know how damaging mining operations are to the lands that are at the core of our cultures and identities. Sometimes it seems that Halibut has succumbed to the thinking that because we're a landless band, we have no land rights. During the last election campaign, candidate Randy Drover promised he would press for legal research on Alibu's rights as a landless band. So I contacted Randy Drover, now that he's central vice chief, to ask what he thought of Dwight Ball and those mining executives rolling into Glenwood without a heads up to anyone in Halibu. He replied by email, This is a very important file for not only me, but for the council as well, and we are working on things. So, I followed up for details and got a reply from the Western Vice Chief, Keith Cormier. Quote, The Executive Committee is reviewing everything surrounding this file and other issues. My suggestion is that we do not comment on this matter at this time. Unquote. 
By the way, executive committee is Cormier, Drover, and Chief Brendan Mitchell. No comment at this time, Cormier says. Okay, if not at this time, then when? The developments are happening now. Are there development plans in place? Are there environmental assessments? More importantly, do we members of Halibu have any say whatsoever on what happens on Mi'kmaq land? Now, more on the return of the Beothic remains. In episode 88, we heard from MP Scott Sims about the diplomatic process involved in the return of Damastowit and Nadasabasit to Newfoundland. There is also the unresolved question of where on the island they should be laid to rest. They were stolen from their burial site on the shores of what is now known as Red Indian Lake near Millertown in central Newfoundland by William Cormack and sent overseas. Millertown was the location of a meeting last week attended by area mayors and other politicians, all with the same message. The respectful thing to do would be to return Damastowit and Nanasabasit to their territory. I spoke to Millertown Mayor Fiona Humber the day after the meeting. Fiona, you've been involved in the issue of the remains for some time. Tell us what you've been doing uh, on that issue. Well, um, I right now I'm the mayor of Millertown, and Millertown is the closest place to the original burial site of these remains, so we feel that it's our responsibility to see what the people in the region want and try and voice their opinions to the proper people to get it done. Hmm. So, and that's uh, why you you had that um, the meeting which took place last night. Tell us um, who was there and uh, what people had to say. Yeah, we had an open discussion last night on the Beatrice remains. Everybody in the region, anybody who wanted to come was able to attend. We had a lot of people from Millertown and Buckins and uh, the surrounding area, but a few from the west coast and the east coast of the province as well. But uh, there we had MHA Al Hawkins was there and MP Scott Sims, and they were they were really good. They took questions and answered every everything that everybody was wondering, everything they could anyway. <laughs> and um, yeah, we had someone from Parks Canada there as well and the Biotic Institute. Now, in in Millertown, there's already some um, recognition of the Biotic uh, past. There is the uh, historic site. Uh, Tell us what what currently that looks like and and who looks after that. Yeah, the site that you're talking about is Indian Point. It's just a couple kilometers up the shoreline from Millertown, mm-hmm. and uh, you can access it by road. But um, the Red Indian Lake Heritage Society takes care of that, and they are just a committee within Millertown. And mm-hmm. what we tried to do last night was to open that committee up regional so that we can get more members because it's these volunteers that are doing all the work up at Indian Point. So we're trying to figure out how we can get a little bit more uh, recognition to that site, maybe like how we can uh, get funding for the site, because right now we're having a hard time keeping up with, with uh, 
what's up there, and we'd like to give it the respect that it deserves. Right. Mm. So it's it's not a uh, a Parks Canada site. It's operated by these uh, volunteers, then, if I understand correctly. Well, no, it is that it's well, it's partly a Parks Canada site. It is officially recognized by Parks Canada, but um, it is the Reading and Lake Heritage Society that maintains it. I see. So Parks Canada doesn't provide money or assistance in in keeping keeping up the site. Uh, no, not unless we apply for uh, some funding through them, and that I'm hoping to talk to a Parks Canada representative soon about how we can do that. Hmm. So does that site get a lot of visitors uh, now? Do people come from other areas to see uh, this very special site? It is a very beautiful site. There's a really nice sandbar there, and uh, there's a, they have a couple of the mammothiques made up in the woods a little bit as a birch bark mammothy, and um, there's a little cookhouse there as well. The talk of the the return of the remains of Damastawit and Nanasabasut, I guess that's really caused the interest in, in the Beothic past to, to pick up. Absolutely. It's, uh, it sparked an interest in the whole region about how how we can go about uh, bringing some of that recognition here. I mean, this is this is where they belong. This is where the original site is. So, well, now, it, it's, it's somewhere here. The original site. <laughs> We're not sure of the exact location. Yes. Well, let me. Um, so let me ask you about that. So I assume then that most of the people in the room last night uh, want think that it's appropriate that remains be in your area rather than at uh, a an antiseptic uh, museum in St. John's, which has no relationship to the Beothic whatsoever. Most people, all they were concerned about was the remains coming back and being properly uh, put back to where they were taken. They weren't concerned. They they don't want to see the remains on display or, or anything kept in a museum, really. They just wanted but like in a maybe a tomb or a mon- under a monument or something like that, or if possible, back at the original site if we can find it. Right. So they're not thinking of an arrangement in which there would be human skulls under glass that people would come in and look at. Oh no, no, I don't. I haven't heard anybody say that that's something that they want. Everybody seems to just want. They they need to go back to where they came from, mm-hmm. basically. And what and what do we know uh, about the um, uh, there? Of course, there was a burial site from where they were taken. Do we know where that site is? Uh, there's an approximate. I mean, we have Shenandoah's drawings, and that's really all that they have. The archaeologists, but uh, we were talking to one of the archaeologists that works in this region last night, and he informed us that this summer, as soon as the snow goes, really, they're going to be looking over at this area just across the lake from Millertown. It's uh, it's an area known as Anderson's Brook and Warford's Brook, and in between those two brooks, they believe that, that the site is somewhere in there, if the lake, if the flooding of the lake hasn't already um, destroyed it, hopefully. I see. So it sounds like they can narrow it down to some... Uh, general territory, and do they think that they can actually pinpoint the actual burial site itself? They're hoping to, yes. They, uh-huh. Like the uh, the drawings are, her drawings are actually very good. They match the landscape very well. So they're hoping that they can find 
they can find that site. He's he's very helpful, the archaeologist we were speaking to. His name is Don Pelly. So if the uh, remains were to be returned to that area, you would need to develop infrastructure because, you know, I understand one of the concerns is just security. I mean, there's so much attention to the remains. Would people, you know, try to tamper with them, dig them up, steal them, whatever? I mean, many bad things are possible. So I guess we can't be we just can't casually put these uh, very special remains in the ground and that will be it. So um, what is the thing? Yeah. What kind of inf infrastructure will be needed for that? Absolutely. No, and and they, that did come up last night. Everybody is concerned with the security of it as well. They don't want the, even animals going in and picking at it or anything like that or anything at all. I mean, the skulls are so valuable. So they were thinking along the lines of uh, a monument and maybe – like uh, underneath the monument is something that can't be tampered with, some kind of tomb sort of, sort of thing. That came up last night, and that's an option because I mean that would be hard to hard to tamper with. But uh, also this site that we're talking about, it is on the other side of the lake, and the only way to get there would be by boat. You can't access it by road. Hmm. So would that mean that uh, people coming there? Uh, they would have to go to take a boat to see the remains if they were actually uh, returned to that location. Yeah, and they they would, and that's why we were. Some people are leaning more towards Indian Point because we can access it. It's already a historic site, but um, it, so it, it kind of went both ways. Like some people wanted it at Indian Point, and some people wanted it across the lake. But, yeah, if it is across the lake, not many people will be able to access it. Mm -hmm. Now, you had a number of uh, mayors there from other uh, towns last night, I think. Uh, was the mayor of uh, Buckins and the mayor of Badger in attendance also? They were They were both there, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. The mayor of Buckins, Durham Corbett, he, he's been working with us pretty closely on this. And he's been a huge help with um, contacting people and uh, just everything we've been working together now it's a, like my uh, other counselor here he always says that it's it's great to see this is a perfect opportunity for communities to work together and to get something done here so there's no competition between the towns uh, for uh, which of you should be the location for the remains uh no I, there's not nearly as much conflict about that as we were expecting i mean even uh, boyd's Cove. Uh, it's like the, the no one be applicated across the island, but um, they are full in full support of us getting the remains back here. Because they agree that yeah, this is where they were taken and this is where they belong. Mm -hmm. Now there might be skeptical skeptical people out there who see uh, all these towns getting together to try and get the remains as you know to sort of um, rake in the tourist dollars, get the tourists down there to. Uh, look at the remains and make money off these uh, biotic uh, remains. Yeah, um, you. we did get some people that thought that that's what they were going to see at the meetings, but actually if most people at the meeting, they just want to see the, the remains respected and not on display. They don't want to see them in a museum, although the museum was talked about last night. There was talk about having a museum with a biotic section and a a logging section is that's relevant here in this region as well, and a mining section, and that would bring forth. But in no way does anybody want to see, 
see the remains on display. They would, at most, they'd want to, a monument recognizing that they're there so they can be properly, properly laid to rest. Hmm. Now, Millertown is, uh, is a officially a Mi'kmaq community under the Alibu uh, list of communities. Did anyone bring that up as, uh, you know, some justification for Millertown as opposed to St. John's being the location of the remains? Uh, no, that wasn't really brought up. Not, not that specifically. It's just the, uh, the fact that it's known that this was the, the last known site for the, yeah, I think this is where the capture was and the burial site. So, I mean, that's, that's our main argument trying to get them by, back here is that this is where, this is where they belong. This is where they should be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as their beliefs go, this is, they need to be put to rest together as they were and then they they'll get peace so what are the uh what are the next steps well the next steps were myself and my uh, fellow counselor andrew shepherd that's uh been working on this with me uh, we have to uh arrange some meetings now with some a few different kind of a few different people to see what we can do here and what funding is available so we're hoping to get something arranged here soon, maybe week where we can bring these thoughts forward. I mean, uh, Scott Sims and Al Hawkins, they already know the, the region's thoughts, so they're going to bring that forward to their – who works on that. And uh, but, but, yeah, so they're going to bring that forward, and we're going to have – we need to have a meeting with the proper people who, who know about the funding and things and the options available, what we can do here. Now you're not so far from uh, from Con River, and of course, uh, Chief Mazel Joe is uh, has been very involved and, I guess, initiated to, to a large extent the return of the range from from Scotland. Um, <clears throat> he wasn't able to be there last night, I understand. But have you had any uh, conversations with him about uh, what the appropriate resting place for the remains is? Uh, yeah, it's too bad he couldn't make it last night. He had a prior engagement. But um, from what I haven't been talking to him directly, I've sent him an, an email about the new point and things, but I didn't hear back, so I was going to follow up, but I haven't had a chance yet. But uh, he seems to be in agreement. I've I've heard him, Durham Corbett, the mayor of Buckingham, he told me that uh, he wants to see the remains back here as well, Red Indian Lake. So. I didn't get any more details other than that, but uh, I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth. That's just what I heard. I wasn't talking to him directly. Yes. Um, and uh, I guess we don't really know what the process is for deciding. Uh, the remains come from Scotland to uh, to Ottawa to the um, you know the Canada's National Museum and then find their way to Newfoundland. So it's a, a complicated process. And I guess, do you have a sense of of how we will decide whether the remains go to the rooms or to um, to your area? Who gets to decide, and what is the process for that? Well, well, this I guess is the start of that pro- process because right now we we brought the uh, we brought Scott Sims and Al Hawkins here, and they would be the next step. We're telling them what the region wants, and they would take it to the people that are taking care of it higher up in the government. So we're, we have done the first step there, and we're working on 
getting them back by going through the government that way. They know our opinions now, so they can bring that forward. And that's basically all we want to do is just to voice the opinions of the people here in the region. Fiona Humber, mayor of Millertown. By the way, I checked with Chief Mazel Joe about his latest thinking about where Damasdawit and Natasabasit should be laid to rest. He says that's not for him to decide and that in any event, the first task is to actually get back the remains. Chief Joe says he's working with officials to see if the remains can be sent directly from Scotland to Newfoundland without being first returned to Ottawa. If that could be done, the remains will be received at the rooms in St. John's as a temporary secure site. The chief says he hopes to meet soon with the mayor of Millertown to talk about the issue. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor. Tune in on the Voice of Bombay and in St. John's. Catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.